Hi everyone, hello. To all of you who signed up for recipe emails, I hope you'll enjoy them. You know, there's so much that goes into eating, never mind eating healthy, like planning, shopping, preparing. That's what we're here for, to make that workload lighter. Between you and me, every diet works, until it doesn't. Why is obesity so prevalent? Apparently, the diets we do are not always doable. Either it's hard to stick to, or you lose your motivation, or you're watching your progress so closely, and when there's no weight loss, you get discouraged. So you want to go on a diet that you can stick to with the least effort. Everyone is strict when they're inspired, but what happens when that inspiration wears off? That's the real key. The real key to success with weight loss is consistency. This applies to every area of life and to dieting too. You stick to healthy eating by hook or by crook. It's just what you do. Rewire your brain that way. On any diet, even people who lose a significant amount of weight will admit that there are weeks that they don't lose, especially when you get to your set point. As we age, that set point tends to increase naturally. At that point, you need to be very consistent as well as very patient. Don't give up. Eating healthy is wonderful. You'll enjoy all the other benefits of feeling great and looking better until you get to that goal weight. Now for the questions that came in. First question, and I'll quote. My question is, I'm living with a healthy lifestyle like off sugar and white flour for many years. Do you have experience with insulin resistance? I don't have diabetes, but I know my body is struggling with insulin because I was on a diet that included grains and fruits and I couldn't lose because it was too much carbs for me. I agree that low carb leads to starvation mode, which makes the body preserve calories. I'm wondering if you can make a good food plan for insulin resistance if there's no medical condition, but my body is prone to it. So in order to answer that question, let's define symptoms of insulin resistance. Symptoms are extreme thirst, frequent urination, fatigue, and more. Since you passed your sugar test and don't have any diagnosed condi condition, this diet can work well for you. The way we control sugar spikes on this diet is by number one, including plenty of fiber, and number two, keeping away from specific foods that spike insulin levels, such as sugar, even healthy ones like honey and maple syrup. We also keep away from potatoes and more foods that are in order to control your sugar. Most of my clients come to me with a dieting history, including success stories, until they gained it all back. On my diet, you'll become more aware and conscious of real and true healthy eating with lasting results. The next question was about rice cakes. The Nutrition Facts says that it contains 4 grams carbs 
to less than one gram fiber. Is that considered good? According to the 10 to 1 ratio, we're looking for at least one gram of fiber per 10 grams of carbs. So less than one gram of fiber per four grams is fair enough. A client checked a product with me this week. It was a whole wheat pita that looked harmless until you check the ingredients. First of all, it was not 100% whole grain. The first ingredient was whole wheat flour and the next was stone ground flour. If it doesn't have the word whole in it, then it's not whole. You'll see words like stone ground, organic, sprouted wheat, etc. to throw you off and make you believe that the refined white flour that's added to the food is a healthy addition. Furthermore, the pita ingredients contain cornstarch and corn syrup salads. These ingredients kill all your weight loss efforts. There is a pita from the brand Yussies that's more wholesome. Check if Yussies is available in your neighborhood. Sometimes these products are available only in big supermarkets. Another good bread option is Ezekiel. If you don't care for the bread, you can try the wraps. It's available in health food stores. My diet is based on high fiber. Protein, for example, has zero fiber. So if you're looking for a snack, check that fiber content first. You're better off having a whole grain snack rather than a diet cheesecake, for example. You can find recipes on bags of flour sometimes. For example, Goldbaum's is a brand that has almond flour and there's a recipe on their bag. You can also check the bags of Rory's grain-free blends for recipe two. Just make sure the blends are 100% whole grain. I mean, it's grain-free, but like it, if it's almond flour, it shouldn't have anything added, like no potatoes, no corn. Arrowroot, for example, is similar to potatoes. Or you can just make any whole grain muffin with just using a zero-calorie sweetener. These are just some ideas for healthy snacking when fruit or crackers just won't do. For, or, you know, for when you're looking for something more or if you're a partic particular eater and you need more variety. So now I'd like to move on to the topic for today. Today we'll discuss different forms of fiber. Some people claim that a lot of fiber causes constipation for them. So first of all, any big change in routine will have unpredictable effects on your digestion like vacation, traveling, sleeping less than you usually do, and of course, making changes in your diet. Now, fiber comes in two forms. There is soluble fiber and insoluble fiber. The difference between the two is that soluble fiber dissolves in water, creating a soft gel-like material as it passes through the system. Soluble fiber is found in the following foods, oat bran, nuts, seeds, beans, as well as some fruits and vegetables. So if someone is eliminating, but the stool is hard, what they need is more soluble fiber. And for that reason, we so recommend nuts and seeds and beans on this diet, even though some other diets will tell you that beans are also starchy, but really they're also high fiber. Now, on the other hand, there's insoluble fiber, and that is found in wheat bran and other whole grains, and 
also in the skin of fruits. So soluble, insoluble fiber is different. It retains its structure instead of dissolving. And what it does is it adds bulk to the stool, which is necessary in order to be able to eliminate at all. Everyone has a different normal for their individual system. Anything from three times a day to three times a week is considered normal. If you're experiencing constipation, firstly, cut down on low fiber foods such as meat, milk, cheese, and of course, processed foods. This is very much what we do on my diet. And if there's still an issue, add a fiber supplement. You don't have to be hesitant about fiber supplements. As opposed to laxatives, which can spoil and, you know, make your system lazy, a healthy fiber supplement is recommended. Most people do not have enough fiber intake in today's day and age. You can take it regularly as opposed to a laxative, which should not be used long term. If someone can help themselves with these tips, then they may have what's called chronic constipation with no known cause. In short, it's called CIC, chronic idiopathic constipation, or they may have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Either way, it's recommended to get medical attention for these conditions. Don't live with constipation. If you're concerned about the health of taking medications, let me tell you, living with constipation is definitely unhealthy. You must have a clean system. It's not a choice. Who should take care of it if not for you? It's the least you can do for yourself, basic self-care. You could rationalize about weight when it comes to looks, but not when it comes to health. No one can say that their health is not important to them. Take an active interest in your well-being. It's a wonderful gift that you have. At least take care of it. Don't ignore any abnormal symptoms. So really in theory, fiber should help prevent and treat constipation. However, it does not work for everyone. For some people, and listen to this, reducing their fiber intake is best. This is a very interesting idea. You see, fiber is a carb. It's an indigestible carb that helps with digestion. Some people are hypersensitive to specific fibers or carbs. These delicate carbs have a name. It's a long name. In short, it's called FODMAPs, like F as in Frank, O, D as in David, M, A, P as in Peter, S. This stands for a very long term. I can say it. It's called fermentable oligo dimonosaccharides and polyols. Now, what happens to FODMAPs that can cause uncomfortable symptoms in some individuals? So here's how it works. When FODMAPs, which are specific types of fibers, reach your colon, they get fermented and used as fuel by bacteria in the gut. So there's many different kinds of bacteria. There are friendly bacteria and there are not so friendly ones. When friendly bacteria feed off your fiber, it's health promoting. When different bacteria feed off your FODMAPs, and we'll discuss which foods that is, then it may lead to gas, bloating, stomach cramps. Pain and constipation or diarrhea. In other words, 
IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. If you're intolerant of FODMAPs, what you can do is go on a low FODMAP diet to reduce any or all of these symptoms. What is a low FODMAP diet? I'll give you a general list of foods that are considered low FODMAP to base your diet on. So it's very individual. You can be sensitive to some foods and not to others. The best thing to do if you're really uncomfortable and want to make this change in your life is to go on a restricted diet, eat only the foods I'm going to list now, and then reintroduce single foods slowly in order to be able to pinpoint what you're sensitive to. A low FODMAP diet is varied. You have foods from all food groups. You're just limiting specific foods. You can eat meats, fish, eggs, oils, nuts, seeds, hard cheeses. What you're going to be limiting is some fruits and vegetables and grains. Some. You can have, and I'll list specific foods now that are okay. And that is oats, rice, quinoa. That's for the grains. Now for fruits that are low FODMAP, you can have unripe bananas, berries, all types, cantaloupe, grapefruit, grapes, kiwi, melons, and oranges. And vegetables that are low FODMAP is peppers, carrots, celery, cucumbers, eggplant, green beans, lettuce, olives, parsnips, radishes, spinach, scallions, squash, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, and chestnuts. This list is not definitive, but it's a good place to start. You have a variety, and you do this for two weeks, eating only from these foods, and then see if you feel better. And then reintroduce other foods slowly and observe if you have a reaction. But really, before you start on such a diet, there are some tests that you can take to check for sensitivities. It's a breath test, so it's fairly simple. You don't even have to, you know, draw blood. So... This is just some food for thought for anyone who may be struggling with symptoms and having difficulty getting to the bottom of it. Before we go, I'd like to let know to all my study listeners that the next upload will be in two weeks from now, Amir Tashem. Wishing all of you a healthy, enjoyable summer.